podcast. Um, I'm going to talk about prayer tonight and um, just to let everyone know that there's 50 pages. And I might only get through five tonight, so um, and I don't know how long it'll take us to get through 50 pages, but we're going to try to get through five. Tonight is not the night that um, where you walk away knowing how to pray. Tonight is the night where we, we start establishing some ways not to pray. Because h- how this Bible study starts is it starts out by messing up your prayer life. Because it tells you every way you should not be praying. And when it's all said and done, you're like, okay, I don't even know how to pray anymore. I have no idea what to do. So, right, Kaylee? Right, Kaylee? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the first time I ever heard this taught, I didn't, I didn't hear the other parts that told you actually how to pray. I just heard about ways not to pray. And it literally... I would sit there not knowing how to pray, what to say. And so, um, so if this eliminates all the bad type of the prayers that we should not pray, um, maybe we can learn to pray the right way. And I think it's important because um, the name of the church is Cornerstone House of Prayer. So I think it's probably a good idea that we know what prayer is. So it's probably a good idea. So um, maybe we can go through any prayer requests at the end. Um, And maybe Joel or something can share anything that's on there. But um, let's go through some scriptures tonight. And um, let's talk about prayer. So we're going to st- start out with some um, ways, some things that we shouldn't do. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, we'll start there. So not everything that we've been taught about prayer over the years is right. And... Um, <laughs> That is, I remember at um, ALI one year, um, there was a, a session that Brother Readout taught for the whole, for everybody on prayer before, I think it was before lunch. And when we were walking, there was one person who was angry and they said, who does he think he is? <laughs> and I said, I know what you're, I know what you're going through. <laughs> I said, I've been through this. And, you know, I had to sit with it for a few years by that time. And um, so it's tough when you learn how you should not be praying. And then you realize that most of the prayers you've been praying is probably prayers you shouldn't be praying. But 
Second uh, Thessalonians chapter three verse ten says, "For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat." So should we pray for that person who's hungry? Should we pray for that person who is, um, I mean, this was very convicting to me when I read about it many years ago. Um, I would think, man, if I, if I don't have a job, I've still got to work. And I would literally say, okay, God, I don't have a job, but I got to work for you. So I'm, you know, I would do everything that I could to uh, make sure that I didn't violate any scriptures. I could, there was times I just could not find a job. I tried and I tried and I tried. But I knew that I had to eat and I had to rely on him as my employer. A minister friend of mine says, said, you just work for the Lord. He'll, ta he'll take care of you. He'll provide your needs. So we learned that. Um, we went through some really tight times. And we learned how the Lord provides. So the important thing is not that the man is hungry, but the reason why he is hungry. So your compassion must not operate in opposition to God's purposes in the lives of others. Because God may have a purpose in that. So don't feed that hungry man. If he's not working. That particular one. <laughs> Because there's some other ones that tells us to feed them, some other scriptures. Um, there are certain widows we are not to provide for. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 9. It says, let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old. That's 60. A score is 20. Three score is 60 years, having been the wife of one man. So the important issue is not that the woman is a widow needing help. But who is actually responsible for her according to God's word? Who is the one? Is the church responsible for her? Um, your compassion must not operate in opposition to God's purposes in the lives of others. So make sure um, that your compassion does not operate in, God's, in the opposition of God's purpose. 1 John 5.16, there are certain people that you should not pray for. Doesn't that sound funny? Don't pray for them. Well, we're Cornerstone House of Prayer. We believe in prayer. But there are certain ones you just don't pray for. First, what's that? Yes. Yeah. We're doing it tonight. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully you'll see it at least from the scripture tonight. You'll see things that you shouldn't pray for, and certain people that you don't pray for. This is uh, this is tough because we think that we we can just pray for everyone for every situation, and the Bible gives us some guidelines. 1 John 5, 16, if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, okay, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. 
There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. And I think this is the sin that is the sin that someone dies with. That's a sin unto death. My mother, who was <coughs> raised Catholic, they could buy indulgences. Uh, let's say I died in sin. My, you know, they could have gone and bought indulgences for me to cover a certain sin. Let's say I murdered somebody or, you know, I even killed myself. And somebody went and they bought an indulgence. My grandma, very devout Catholic, she had uh, something that she bought. It was, she wore it as a necklace, indulgences. She wore it around her neck. Uh, the Lutheran church, matter of fact, Martin Luther had an issue with that because they had a list of certain sins. You know, if you commit adultery, you can pay so much to the church and that sin can be forgiven. You know, you committed murder, there was a price. And Luther had an issue with that. And he, that's one of the things, one of the theses, he, he hammered the 95 theses on the door of the Catholic Church on October 31st, 15, whatever year it was. I remember October 31st, because that's what I tell people we celebrate on the 31st. <laughs> Somebody protesting against um, a lot of the things that should have been protested against. But anyways, um, don't pray for that. The important issue is not that that, the man has committed terrible sin that condemn him to death, but that God will not be mocked and men shall surely reap what they have sown. Your compassion must not operate in opposition to God's judgment. And then what we talked about, was it last week? The scriptures in Jeremiah that God, their specific people, God said, don't pray for them for their good. Let's quickly go through those. Jeremiah 14, 11. The Lord then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people for their good. Don't pray for them. God is actually saying, don't pray for them for their good. Because your prayer is not going to be heard. <laughs> Sometimes the judgment of the Lord is on a certain situation. I have felt that before, praying in a certain situation People come to you all the time. They say, okay, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. And I literally felt that I could not pray for the blessing of God in their life. So I was like, how do I pray for them? I just felt, so I kind of felt like what he was saying. And I shared, I think it was last week, or maybe it was Friday night at the prayer meeting. I said, I literally pray, God, is that if there's anything that I can say or do that might make a difference, if you can reveal that to me. And that's how I prayed for that individual. So Jeremiah 7.16 is another one where it says, Therefore, pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. This is God speaking said, I'm not going to hear it. Jeremiah eleven fourteen. Therefore, pray not thou for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. 
so you don't pray for them. That's pretty crazy, huh? So don't pray the same blessings for the unsaved that you do for the saved. John 17, 9, Jesus, this is Jesus when he prayed. Um, He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. So the important issue is not that uh, that people are headed for judgment and condemnation, but why they have not responded to God's grace and mercy. Your compassion must not operate in opposition to God's judgment. So God does offer grace. God does offer mercy. And sometimes people respond after the judgment of the Lord comes. You know, you sin, and then you see the consequences for that sin. They take place. So sometimes... Has anybody, it scared me to death when my dad told me he, would tur- he was going to turn me over to the devil. <laughs> I was a teenager. <laughs> that scared me to death. Um, <laughs> but it's in the scripture. It talks about that in the Bible. Um, but sometimes it's for our good. It gets our attention. We've been fighting against God so hard for so long. Have you ever prayed for somebody God, whatever it takes for them to be saved. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Even if it's something not good. So don't pray for their good. You're not praying for their good necessarily. In the long run, if they're saved, it's good. But what they might have to go through may not be good to get to that point. So be careful what you request. Be careful. John 17, 15 That same chapter, Jesus said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. How many times people go through difficult things and they want to be quickly out of that situation? He said, Jesus said, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. You may have to go through some stuff. You may be in a situation where you're supposed to be. So not that you take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. You see the difference? Not to be taken out of the world, but to keep them from the evil. Christy, what she testified at ALI, Brother Readout had said, Christy, I would like to hear, I would like to hear your testimony of your upbringing. And one of the things that Christy said was, and I, and I was right there and I said, I would like to hear it too. And the people get, Brother Readout was sitting here, Christy I think was sitting here to the right of me. Sister Dibble, sitting over here. There was, I think, uh, the Scots, maybe. There was a few people sitting at the table, and Christy told her story. And she said, even in the midst of living in a household where there was drugs and all kinds of terrible things going on in the other room, the Lord kept her from the evil. So, a great testimony. So... um, Here, uh, the important issue is not that we are not of the world and cannot escape its hostile animosity and terrible temptations, but that we demonstrate the character of Jesus Christ to our enemies as well as to our friends. 
our prayers must focus on ensuring or preserving our um, on it, our prayers must focus on ensuring or preserving. You know what? Um, sometimes we get in very uncomfortable situations. Anyone? I there's a a particular person on my job that um, I just feel like he's always um, picking on me. And um, he's, not at, he's not on the job right now. He's out of work for six weeks. He had some surgery and some things he had to do. I'm like, phew, I get a, re I get a break. And then I just heard from one of the other foremen that he's coming back next week. I'm like, oh, great. So I literally prayed about that. I said, God, this guy, I just feel like, but, you know, whatever your will is, may your will be done. Because maybe God has me learning something through that situation, through that individual. But um, be careful to remember what God has done for you in your past. Psalm 106.13 says they soon forget his works. So don't forget his works. His works always comply with his ways. They always comply with the principles that he has established. And be careful to wait for the Lord's counsel because it says they waited not for his counsel. Sometimes we get in a rush, don't we? We want to do things our way, but don't do that. Be careful to wait for the Lord's counsel. It's important for you not to decide what needs to happen to resolve the problems. A lot of times we think we have the solution. But how many times have you noticed that when you thought you had the solution, it wasn't the solution? <laughs> so um, he's the one who knows. So we need to wait for his instructions. Be careful not to tempt the Lord because the next verse says in Psalm 106, 14, they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. So it is important that your prayers not be motivated by your own desires, especially not by your desire to motivate God to fulfill your will. So be careful not to tempt the Lord. Um, be careful how often you make your request. He might give you what you want. Because the very next verse says, And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Be careful because you might get what you keep harping on God about. Keep harping God and complaining and moaning, just like the children of Israel did. They wanted meat. And they got tired of that manna, and they kept complaining. So God said, okay, I'll give you some meat. And they gave them some meat. But they ended up getting sick, and there was a great plague that went through the children of Israel. A lot of them died. So be careful how often you make your request. How often is, um, how much is enough when we bring our request to the Lord? 
How, how much is enough? <laughs> Sister Catherine's putting up one finger. <laughs> if we just be careful not to keep harping over and over and over again, bring your petition to the Lord with thanksgiving. Numbers 11.4 says, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? That's where they were complaining. And in verse 10 says, Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. So persistent rejection of the course God has set for you can result in you getting what you really were asking for. And that is to escape God's working within your own soul. Be careful for that. Because God may be working through that situation. You might want something. You might want a different situation. But God might be working through that situation in your life. So now we get to that part where we've talked about before. There's a lot of scriptures that let us know that he does not hear every prayer. We want our prayers to be heard, don't we? I want my prayers to be heard. So hopefully after tonight, you walk away and you're like, okay, now I just uh, realize I don't know how to pray. <laughs> We're just learning things not to pray for. So um, that might uh, <clears throat> shorten your prayer time a little bit after today, right? Proverbs 60, Psalms, not Proverbs. There's no 66 chapters in Proverbs. <laughs> Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He will not hear me. That's kind of scary. I remember reading that when I was younger, thinking, do I regard iniquity in my heart? Because I want to make sure that the Lord hears me. Proverbs 28 verse 9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. So he turns away his ear from hearing the law, his prayer shall be an abomination to the Lord. Isaiah 1.15, And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. So God will not hear. Is this all encouraging tonight? Hearing about prayers God won't hear? Your hands are full of blood. Isaiah 59, 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins. What is it, Kaylee? What is it? She went like that. Um, 
Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So our sins can separate us from God. How many people have felt that way before? You know, you've messed up, you've blown it, and you feel far from God. Zechariah 7, 12 and 13. It says, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried, And I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Isn't that a scary thought for God to say, I'm not going to hear it? <clears throat> John 9, 31. <clears throat> and uh, there was a brother that was in our church a while ago, and every I've shared this many times, but he would always testify, I'm so thankful that God hears a sinner's prayer. Now, I know what he meant, and we are thankful that when we humble ourselves and we come before the Lord, that the Lord will hear our prayer. But I had to share this verse with him. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. <clears throat> but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. So God does hear prayers, but not every prayer. He literally turns his ear from hearing certain prayers. 1 Samuel 8, 18, And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which he shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Job 35, 13, Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Psalm 34, 15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. He is, his ears are open unto the cry of the righteous. Kaylee. <laughs> um, I lost my place. What did I just read? Okay, Proverbs 128. Did I read that one? I think that's the next one. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. These are all in the Bible. Did someone say no? Oh, Amy said no. Yeah, they are. Oh. <laughs> I know. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor... He also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. There's a way to not be heard. Right, right there. And then uh, <clears throat> we read Jeremiah 14, 11 earlier, but we did not read the following verse, Jeremiah 14, 12, which says, when they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and an oblation, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Amos 5.23. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. 
Micah 3, verse 4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. Am I going too fast? There's a lot of verses. I think you guys are getting the point, right? He doesn't hear every prayer. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. 1 Peter 3, 7. This is to the husbands. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives. I mean, your one wife. <laughs> we all have one wife, I hope. <laughs> dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I certainly don't want to have my prayers hindered because of this. And in that same chapter, verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. <clears throat> Psalm 34, 15 through 17. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Psalm 91, 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So there are prayers that he will answer. <clears throat> Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Isaiah 65, 24 says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Jeremiah 33, 3. <clears throat> Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hosea 2.21. And it shall come to pass, in that day I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. Zechariah 13.9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried and they shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. So you can see that he doesn't hear every prayer, but he does hear the prayer of the righteous. Now, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This will be, we're going to end with these verses. But these verses are very powerful. And these give us a huge hint of how we should pray. A big hint, right? These have been very helpful to me over the years. These are some of my favorite verses. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Now, it's important to notice 
a lot of people have confidence in prayer, but it's not prayer itself. It's him that we have the confidence in. It's in Jesus Christ that we have our confidence, right? This is the confidence that we have in him. It's not in prayer. It's not in fasting. It's in not all the in all the disciplines that we might do, Bible reading, memorization, all those things are good. But the confidence, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth, what's it say? Us, anything according to his will. He hears every prayer that's prayed according to his will. We just read a bunch of scriptures of prayers he will not hear. But he hears every prayer that's prayed according to his will. I think that's pretty awesome. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Whatever we ask. So if we pray according to God's will, he hears that prayer. Kaylee. Kaylee, shh. She's looking at me. <laughs> Got to do that every once in a while. <laughs> Any prayer. So I think about that. I want my prayer to be heard. So if I pray, is this a prayer that would be prayed according to his will? What's his will? What is his will? Because those are powerful prayers if we could learn to pray according to his will. Some of us may be in a situation we may not want to be in. But we can look at the example of Jesus Christ in the garden. He said if it be according to... He said... Uh, <clears throat> You know, I, let's let this cup pass for me. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And sometimes when I pray, and I'm not really sure if it's God's will or not, I will say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy be done. Because I don't want something that God doesn't want for me. Even though I think I might, might be the best for me. It might not be what's best for me right now. So I will say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It is certain that God is never going to surrender his sovereignty to you. He decides who and what prayers he will hear. And there's a lot of prayers that are just words that are being spoken into the air. And so we want to make sure that we pray that effectual, fervent prayer because he hears the prayers of a righteous man. So next week, we'll talk about the wisdom of Solomon concerning prayer. You remember that, that very popular verse, 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So we're going to talk about the circumstances surrounding that verse, the context around there. So we'll be in those verses next week. So um, I know you guys are going to leave here tonight, right? And you're not going to be like, okay, now I know how to pray, right? Maybe not yet. <laughs> but remember, this is like, there's like 45 more pages. So don't be discouraged yet. <laughs> know that there is a, a way that we can pray that can be pleasing to the Lord. And you know, uh, have you ever prayed that prayer and you just knew that that prayer was a prayer that was in accordance with his will. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? And you, I, I have prayed prayers like that, and I just felt it. I just knew that that prayer. I have prayed prayers, and I just felt like God heard that prayer. I prayed a prayer today that, um, you know, I, get, I gave my petition to the Lord, but then I said, Nevertheless, not my will. I really want your will to be done in this situation. And I just felt, I felt right about it. I felt his presence. I felt good. I just felt, it just felt right. So, um, um, it's awesome when you start learning what is a way that we can pray that's pleasing to the Lord. A prayer that he will hear. Amen. What do you guys think? <laughs> Brother Frank, I did listen to that message on prayer, in fact, <laughs> this morning. Or was it yesterday morning? It was yesterday morning. <laughs> so, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Brother Frank, would you pray in closing today, tonight? Amen. All right. So good to see everybody. David, did you have a great birthday on Sunday? Yes? Awesome. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. Emma.